0: everyone to the red dirt road podcast we got a couple special guests here today alex breitenbach you all know him and ira dean country music singer songwriter and of trick pony how's it going going great man how you
1: doing
2: going good thanks for having
0: me going good going good we're talking about your song honky tonk skin that you wrote with ronnie dunn and chris wallen So something I got to ask right off the bat, when did you guys end up writing this song?
1: It's a a unique uh, writing experience. I've never had one like this before. Um, Me and Chris have started that song a while back. And uh, I was on the Brooks and Dunn Neon Circus tour back in 2003, back with my group. And uh, I'm an avid hunter. Ronnie Dunn called me up to go to his house to teach him how to coyote hunt. And he had a coyote trying to kill his dogs at the time. So I was over there and um, I had written uh, a number one for Montgomery Gentry and uh, Gary Allen and Chris Young and some other folks. And so Ronnie's like, you know, I'm cutting this new record. You should send me some songs. I said, "Okay, I got some stuff that's I started. I said, I got this really this great thing I love. There's like a verse and a chorus. I'll send it to you. I sent it to him. He loved it. He goes, that's the course is a hit. I'd like to write those verses with you. I said, no problem. So trying to get with him was, was um, his schedule and my schedule just wouldn't line up. And uh, one day I was at Walmart grocery shopping and Ronnie texts me and said, how's this for a verse? And he had written most of that first verse. So I call him and he's like, you got time to write? And I said, hold on. So I put all my groceries back. And there's a little barbershop in front of Walmart. And I sat there and texted back and forth. And me and Ronnie wrote those verses. So we we weren't even in the same room when we wrote that. Um, And Chris wasn't there. I uh, called Chris up and said, me and Ronnie just rewrote the verses on Honky Tonk Skin. And um, we never had a second verse anyway. Hush, Missy. And um, so that was that. I've never written at a Walmart before. So he wrote the whole thing through text. And since then, me and Ronnie have written a lot of songs together. Sorry, my dog is... This is Missy Elliott. Um, since then, me and Ronnie write a lot together. Um, I'm in my house at Naples, Florida right now, but I fly back uh, day after tomorrow, and I'm starting... Um, I pr- I'm co-producing Aaron Lewis. There's a guy named Aaron Lewis. His album, uh, he had a number one last year. With a song I wrote with him and I co produced that last record. I'm going back to start on his new record. And then Ronnie already called and said, We got to camp up and do some more writing. So I love Ronnie, but, but I've never written in a Walmart before.
2: Damn. Sounds like you have a quite the busy schedule then, eh?
1: Um, I work as much as I want to. As problem is, I'm lazy as hell. Mm. So. I don't. I think. Well, I got to
2: ask a question though. Like, you know, how did you first meet Ron? Is that how you first met Ronnie Dunn? How did you meet Ronnie Dunn?
1: I first met Ronnie Dunn. um, I want to say we knew each other through um, when I first came to town. I was really blessed enough to um, the Cash family, Johnny and June, and John Mm, Carter took a like it to me. So I stayed at their house a lot, and Janine, Ronnie's wife knew John and June also. So we kind of all hung out. But I really didn't become a uh, really tight with Ronnie till 2003 on the Neon Circus Tour.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, Trick Pony was one of the second acts. It was a guy named Chris Cagle, then Trick Pony, then Gary Allen, then Dwight Yoakam, then Brooks and Dunn. We did uh, 43 shows throughout the United States. And that was in 2003. And uh, we became tight. But in this music business, you know, I'm on tour going over this side of the country and he's over here. So we really didn't talk. We really didn't hang out until uh, Johnny Cash's son got married maybe six years ago. And Ronnie was at the wedding. I was at the Mm. wedding. And we just started talking. Why didn't we ever keep in contact? Why didn't we ever, you know, why didn't we ever write? So that's, we started getting after it about five, six years ago.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, you were on the Johnny Cash uh, Forever Words album. Right? Yeah. It was Johnny Cash's songs that he'd written, but then he never did a, uh, never recorded anything because there's actually a song on there that Ronnie Dunn and Brad Paisley did. And I just, mm-hmm. there's a ton of songs. I just realized, um, what, a month ago or something that you, it was just a couple of songs before his, your your songs on there
1: yeah i was at um at the studio the house of cash studio out there and um working with john carter when he told me he they found 150 poems of johnny's they weren't even songs they're just poems they found 150 in the end table and it was john carter's idea to um give those poems out to artists such as you know chris christopherson elvis costello chris cornell allison Krause. um and I, I was lucky enough, he called me up and wanted me to co-produce part of that album. So I played on the Jamie Johnson track and I co-produced um, Aaron Lewis and John Popper from Blues Traveler. And after that was done, John Carter gave me a poem and he said, you, you, you want to be on this thing? I'd really like for you to do it. So yeah, I was blessed enough. I was lucky enough and honored enough to be on that album. And uh, I was supposed to co-produce. Ronnie Dunn's cut for that record, but I wasn't in town.
0: We love hearing about stories about Ronnie Dunn. So we're glad to have you on here. He's the, best kind of
1: singer. There's a, he's the best singer of our lifetimes.
0: Oh yeah. No, life, I, I've been in, I, I'd I've
2: agree.
1: I'd be, I've been in Nashville. Missy, shut up. I've been in Nashville since 1990. And I've been really blessed to work with a lot of great folks and, um, You know, Brooks and Dunn was always my favorite band uh, duo ever. And, you know, growing up as a songwriter in Nashville, everybody at that time was trying to get George Strait cuts because George Strait was the king of country. I was trying to get Brooks and Dunn cuts because I liked Ronnie's voice better. And you can quote me on it. And uh, so when me and Ronnie started writing and stuff, and he called me up and said, man, I cut one one of our songs on the record, you know, I told him, man, I, man, you. This is like a thirty-year attempt of getting you to sing one, a song I've been, you know, I've co-written. So this is an honor, and um, it's 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 hard to write with him because everything you don't know if it's a good line or not because he sings everything so great. I mean, he's just a monster singer.
0: So this get into the song before we can just we could talk for hours about Ronnie Dunn, but. This song, it's got this intro. I thought it was the most interesting thing about it. It's got a little piano in there. I like that. Don't always get that in the um, in, those, in those intros for the Ronnie Dunn or Brooks and Dunn songs. This first verse, he said that Ronnie Dunn wrote. I love this, what he says here. I think my one suit looks good with my old boots. I don't think I own a tie at all. That reminded me of John Party's song, Dirt on My Boots, because he's got... A part of that song, it's my favorite part. It says, uh, I can get cleaned up if you ask me, but I can only get f- so fancy. And I always belt out that part because that's kind of how I am. I, I started buying some nicer clothes this past year, but I, I, I love that part about how he's just very relatable. He, he, you know, he just talks about not really having many fancy clothes to wear, D- doesn't really want any. Uh, it says, He ain't much on small talk. And then he says he's like an old muscle car because can't believe he's still running this hard, and that was something I didn't really pick up till I really studied the lyrics a little bit. And that is definitely true. I was just in Nashville for the New Year's Eve and saw Brooks and Dunn, and yeah, he's he he is like an old muscle car. He's he's uh, he, he's got a great voice still. Him and Kicks, uh, the whole show I thought was I was blown away by it. it sounded sounded phenomenal. So it, it, I agree with that. He's no. a,
1: he, yeah, he's a classic without being, he's timeless. I mean, when he, when he sinks his, his, his vocal into a lyric and, and, and that whole, the, I only got one suit and it looks good with my work boots or whatever that line is. That's typical Ronnie. Ronnie said, that's the first line he sent me when I was at, at Walmart. And I had to put my ice cream back. I was like, okay, I we're right now. And I put my stuff back. I said, I love that. What about this? And, um, the uh, uh, old muscle car. I can't believe I'm still running this hard. That was an original line from the original verse that Chris Wallen wrote. Chris Wallen. If you don't know who Chris Wallen is, he wrote don't blink for Kenny Chesney. Love me. If you mm. can for Toby Keith, uh, something to be proud of for Montgomery Gentry. Uh, I'm trying for Trey seconds. I mean, he's a hell of a writer, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, the three of us were never in the room together at the same time. It was all through text. I was in the room with Chris and then I was in the room with Ronnie at some point, but uh, all three of us were never in the room together, but uh, they're both just um, amazing writers. I mean, Ronnie's not a hall of famer for no reason. I mean, he's a, he's a monster.
0: So this goes into this course here you know, and it's, it's real upbeat, real uh, kind of a party song, put it on at a barn party or a bonfire. And he said he was raised on hag, baptized in neon. <laughs> I love that. It's like, what? <laughs> baptized in neon. Fell in love and then moved on to Misery and Gin, which I didn't, you know, it kind of glazed over me until I looked at it. And I thought that was a great line too, because that's kind of, maybe I'm looking into it too much, but that's kind of how Brooks and Dunn's albums have been compared to this new one he has, because, you know, they talk, they used to talk a lot about, you know falling in love with women losing them getting them back and then you know this album that he's on it's kind of like he's moved on to the misery and gin it's all kind of depressing songs it's like there's there's no hope it's all drinking to uh to get over a woman so that that line like perfectly goes from the brooks and dunn to this album
1: well that misery misery and gin line is a i believe that's a my line um me, there's uh, me and uh, Ronnie Dunn idolize Merle Haggard. Merle Haggard's king.
0: Oh, and yeah.
1: um, when I was a kid, my dad had a like a '72 Cadillac, a yellow one, and he'd put in the Merle Haggard eight-track tape. And Merle Haggard had a song called "Misery and Gin," and it's like, "Here I am again, mixing misery and gin, and uh, talking to all my friend, uh, sitting with all my friends, and talking to myself." And I thought it was a great throwback because it's like I was raised on a Hag song, baptized in Neon, fell in love, then moved on. And a, I, we needed an end rhyme. And the first thing that came to me was that, that old Haggard song, Mixing Misery and Gin. And so that was a little tilt the hat to Merle Haggard in there, which I think that's what Ronnie loved about that. He's like, I love the little hat tip to to Haggard. You know?
0: Oh, I love that too. That's, that's become my favorite country artist since I've been getting more and more into it. And I can definitely tell Ronnie Dunn seems to reference the hag and then, uh, George, George Jones quite a bit. I see those two come up in his songs. So this second verse says he likes his ball cap good and broken. I like that. It makes sense. He, you know, Ronnie Dunn tends to not always wear the hat, the cowboy hat anyway. Sometimes he has a ball cap. Um, goes to church on Sunday with his beer-drinking friends to pray for his Friday night sins. Love that. And then it talks about listens to country music with the Rolling Stones. I like that a lot, too, because that's, you know, I'm from, like, a small town. Alex knows people in the country love not only just country music, but classic rock. We love yeah. our classic rock, don't we?
1: Of course. Of course. Yeah.
0: Well, you might, you might see that just as likely some ACDC as you will anything right. else.
1: Well, I mean, uh, you listen to all those old uh, Brooks and Dunn songs. It has that that Rolling Stones kind of blues. That comes from old Rolling Stone stuff. And I'm sure they stole it from whoever, Bo Diddley or whoever they stole from. But um, with the song Honky Tonk Skin, you know, the Stones had Honky Tonk Woman. And we kind mm. of kind of had that groove going off that so we had to do that you know the the hat tip to the rolling stones and if you listen to all brooks and dunn stuff i mean even right with ronnie now he's like we need to find one of those good old rolling stones grooves kind of thing to write to just old school blues guitar part which is that keith richards thing and so yeah that's where the rolling stones hat uh tip went into i mean when you write songs if you're if you're if you're like with me, if I'm writing something that sounds rolling stones is I always want to give, throw that reference into them, wherever I'm getting that inspiration from that's, you know, I was getting a lot of uh, inspiration from Haggard. So we had to do the hat tip with that. And that groove is so rolling stones ish. And with honky tonk skin and honky tonk woman, it's, we're like, got to throw rolling stones in there. We got to do it. And so that's what we did. And uh, I mean, And the ball cap thing, I've never seen Ronnie without his ball cap when he's when he's out on camera or when he's not in the public eye. I go see him. He's wearing a real tree or mossy oak hunting cap. And so and it's always an old beat up one. So he's not he's a he's lived those lyrics so that there's no made up stuff. I mean, he's he's got he wears that old beat up ball cap with coyote blood on it, (laughs) you know.
2: Yeah. And, and I mean, that's honestly kind of what I love about, you know, the kind of new traditional country artists is that they, they live out the songs they write. they ain't nothing fake there. You no, know, there
1: ain't nothing fake. No, uh, absolutely. Especially with Ronnie. There ain't nothing fake about him. If he, if he ain't lived it, he don't want to sing about it.
0: You oh, know? Yeah.
1: And that, and I respect that. That's, that's a, it's always good to be in a room with him, especially, when you think you've written a good song and hear him sing it back and you're like, Oh my God, this is amazing. You know, yeah. I wish, the, I wish the 18 year old me could have could see me now like sitting in Ronnie's living room and he's singing back lyrics that we wrote together. I'm just like, you know, when I moved to Nashville and I was 20 years old when I moved to Nashville, I had no idea if it was going to pan out or not. You know, I was a maintenance man in North Carolina and got electrocuted and realized I didn't want to do that no more. So I came to Nashville to write songs and and uh i love my life man uh this sure beats the hell out of being a maintenance man any day
2: yeah 100
0: so you got the another chorus and outro and i just gotta ask do you got a good uh ronnie dunn impression because he's got that he goes in my whole <laughs> you talk skin that's that <laughs> signature like all oh, that he puts on it <laughs> You, if, you I could do a,
1: if I could do a Ronnie Dunn imitation, I'd be a millionaire. I'd be yeah. singing like him. I, there, he's a one of a kind, man. He's, there's a
0: video of Drake Milligan. I don't know how I stumbled upon it. He he did a little bit. And uh it, it wasn't very it wasn't like a whole song, but I that was the first person I ever seen attempt it. I thought he did decent, but yeah.
1: Yeah, Ronnie's a singing fool, man. He's a singer. and just and it's always great when you meet. Your heroes and they're nice as hell. I mean, he's a nice guy, and uh, there ain't nothing fake about him. I owe, I yeah. owe him a lot. I'm, I'm I'm proud as can be to. It took me thirty years to get my first Ronnie Dunn cut. So,
0: hey,
2: but you know, now that's the life, man. Now you got you know you got not that one set, out of the way. Yeah, I got, got to something. write in a Walmart, texting back and forth with Ronnie Dunn. I mean, yeah, you no, that up.
1: he went in and he's cut like four or five other songs we've written together. So. Uh, That's
0: gotta, yeah. You, you got to get a brand deal with Walmart from that or something, man. <laughs> some fr- at least get some free curbside pickup or something from that. I mean,
1: <laughs> I should at least get free ice cream cuz mine melted waiting for me. I had to go throw it back in the freezer. Oh. At least something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, Alex. What So, uh, I'll throw it over to you. What, what what all do you like about this song?
2: Yeah, no. So, I I think that this song really does i mean again the, the one thing i love about ron dunn especially his new stuff he has never deviated from his style i know like uh, uh, iris said you know if it's not something he lived he doesn't want to sing about it so i, I really do think that this song kind of not only embodies his style of music but also you know just everything from you know the the chorus the um, the verses, as well as the instrumentation, you know, has a very unique intro, like you said, Marshall, with the piano. Um, but I, I, I generally think that this is a very good Ronnie Dunn song. I mean, you know, Ronnie Dunn doesn't miss, no matter what what he's singing. But, like, you know, this one's particularly good, and I really like it. I think Ira and Ronnie did a good job of this one.
1: Well, man, thank you guys so much. It, it makes me happy to hear uh, – I don't want to sound like the old guy, man, but two cats, you know, in college <laughs> – Digging digging a, a song that a couple of old dudes wrote, uh, you know, three old dudes wrote in a Walmart. It's uh, I'm glad you got good taste in country music because uh, Ronnie Ronnie's great, and you're right, he doesn't deviate. And the whole thing about this album was Ronnie wanted to cut a record that sounded like 1990s country again, that old honky tonk. Back when there was honky tonks, back when there was dance halls, there isn't that many dance halls anymore. And he won you know, we we me and Ronnie and cats of uh that grew up in the in this business we grew up playing honky tonks you know and if you didn't keep them on the dance floor you didn't have a job you had to keep them on the dance floor and keep them buying beers and uh so when he did this album and i was really honored he called me he was like i just want to write stuff and cut stuff that sounds like it was in 1990 dance halls that would get the girls you know in the big belt buckles and the skin tight jeans and the big aqua netted hair back in the day dancing and so we we tried our best, and, and I'm really proud of the song. It came out great, and Ronnie sings the ever loving dog mess out of it. But it, it makes me happy to see younger guys dig it, man. Thank you so much.
2: Oh, of course.
0: Yeah, this is definitely it's one of the different songs on the album because it's uh you know it kind of shows like the upbeat, a little more fun side of drinking. I don't know if the the narrator here, Ronnie, is supposed to be he's kind of like suppressing that, or if it's actually like he's actually positive but it's much more positive in general than the other songs on the album i
1: think he's very positive about his of the alcohol consumption in that song
0: i think oh
1: god yeah if it wasn't for good times and people drinking alcohol we wouldn't be making a living at this stuff so
0: yeah yeah i i think it's a nice addition to the album like it just uh adds something a little bit different than um you know like i said it's like Definitely throw it on at a bonfire or something like that. Uh, love the Merle Haggard reference, and then that piano at the beginning is nice. So, we got a few questions before we go. Uh, we got a few just actually for the both of you, kind of not even related, just kind of quick ones, not related to country music. Go uh, un- any underrated food, underrated than an overrated food item.
1: Uh, you go first, man. I don't know. I don't – go ahead. I got to think. I mean, on
2: the- I, I, I think, honestly, one of the underrated foods, and, and, I mean, it all depends on where you get it, I think. And this is just more because i gotten into it recently. I went up to Canada to go have it. Uh, poutine. Good poutine with, like, the fried cheese – with cheese curds, uh, gravy, and, and good fries. Like, that – I mean, I think that's underrated. I think it's a very delicious dish and you can get it in a variety of different styles. I, I really like it. So, you know, that's, that's an underrated food.
1: Overrated. I think tofu is overrated. Oh
2: don't,
1: yeah. Yeah. I don't get that. You know, anything vegan I'm, I think is overrated. <laughs> um, yeah. and I think underrated a good, I think there's too many bad ones out there. Like a good chicken sandwich is underrated. Cause if you get a good one, it's like, it's the best, like, oh, a, yeah. like a spicy chicken sandwich, like a good one.
2: Yeah. Oh, oh wait, no, no, no. I, I I got one. Boneless chicken wings, boneless chicken wings. I don't understand why they call them boneless chicken wings. Just call them chicken tenders. Yeah. Don't, don't call them wings. They're not wings. It's, I agree. Like,
0: yeah. They, there's no chicken wing that is, uh, without a bone. That would be a really uh, messed up chicken. That'd but be a penguin. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I like both, I think boneless wings, I like both the traditional and boneless, but I agree they're not, uh, they're not wings no, at all. It doesn't them make chicken sense. Tenders. I mean, no, it's mean, yeah,
2: like, oh, chicken bits, chicken anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, hmm.
0: all right, I got a couple qu- couple country music questions for you, uh, Ira, um, any under the, under the radar country music singer that people should know about.
1: You like old country music. It's a young guy. His name is Will Jones. W-I-L-L
0: Jones. I wrote
1: with this kid. He's a young guy. And oh my, he's a guitar playing fool, number one. But he's like, uh, he's traditional country. And uh, I I love his singing.
0: I wrote it down. There you go.
1: There you go. Will Jones.
0: And then this, any uh, country music, songwriter that people should know about you know even if it i mean a lot of people don't even know some of the more you know they've been doing it for a while is there is there a songwriter that people should know about
1: well i I, godzilla there's so many great songwriters and they know they know about them but they don't know they wrote the songs the chris wallen aaron barker um david lee murphy um uh, dave turnbull um phil o'donnell these are not new names by any means they're just great 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 songers jeffrey steel uh right. these are guys i write with that are just phen- phenomenal and as far as new guys i mean everybody knows them now but probably the best the one that has got me knocked out writing wise is hardy i mean he is what a song oh, yeah um he came out of the blue i mean I, I was familiar with his stuff when he first, when he first started getting some traction and uh man, what a song, what a prolific songwriter. What a, what a, he really paints a great picture. He paint, he paints with words, man. And I, I think the true art of songwriting almost got lost for a while, but uh party and the, and uh, Morgan Wallen came back and started really being clever again. But as far as the old school cats that, aaron barker is a great one man he wrote baby blue for george Strait. i mean and he's written some monster songs and chris oh, yeah. Wall, chris wallen of course jeffrey Steele's written more number ones than i'll ever have um yeah. yeah and dave turnbull who wrote um i think my favorite song of his is uh um lucky man by montgomery gentry i i think he's a
0: yeah, that's a great song
1: me and him wrote some stuff i just cut a new record and me and him wrote one for it, and, uh, and me and Jeffrey Steele wrote a few on there. And I did a duet with Ronnie Dunn on my new record that uh, Jeffrey Steele wrote the song, and me and Jeff wrote one that I had Ted Nugent come in and play on. So it's oh dude. yeah, it's crazy.
2: Nice.
0: I saw yeah. you. You were uh, hanging out with Ted Nugent. I saw that.
2: Yeah, he's a bad boy. I love him. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, we had. Uh, I I I think it's always interesting to you know go see some of these lesser known artists. Uh, and like singer songwriters in concert, that's always one of my favorite things to do is do a little bit of crate digging, but like go see the show, you know. Uh, because some of them have really good songs. Like, I remember I saw uh, I know Randy Hauser came to the uh, county fair near our house, I didn't even know he wrote Honky Tonk, but donk And yeah, like, I, I just think I'm like, man, he wrote this song, it's that's awesome. And he like, wrote it with Jamie Johnson, yeah, who it's thought like that? Nuts,
1: yeah.
0: I'll I'll tell you a guy that has been around also for a while that people should know about Daryl Scott. You know, he, he wrote, uh, it's a great day to be alive, uh, made real popular by Travis Tritt. And then, uh, you'll never leave Harlan alive. Um, can't remember if it was a co-wrote or a solo, right? But those are a couple of great songs that, uh, I don't know if he, if people know about him quite as much, but. So I guess one last, one last question before we go, do you have any, uh, what what's a couple of your top favorite country music songs?
1: Top country songs. Well, as far as old songs or new songs or what?
0: Uh just all time.
1: All time. Um I would have to say in my top five of country songs. Um Merle Haggard's Today I Started Loving You Again. Um, Ronnie Dunn's Believe. Uh, that song, when Brooks and Dunn do "Believe" on stage, every time I get goosebumps. I mean, what a great song! Um, what was a uh, uh, Randy Houser had a song uh, "Anything Goes" when everything's gone. Whoever wrote that wrote a that's a masterpiece. And then uh, Chris Wallin's "I'm Trying" is amazing. And then it, anything Morgan Wallin's coming out with lately, or Hardy. It's just, it's just incredible. And, and there's a couple of Eric Church songs that I just, I'm knocked out by. But as far as songs I wish I wrote, there, are yeah, believe is probably one of my top fives. I wish I would have wrote by Ronnie Dunn.
0: Tell you what, I love um, "Big City" by Merle Haggard. Might be oh, one yeah. of my favorite ones. Uh, when I was in Nashville, I was over at Robert's Western World, and I put a few bucks in. I was like, I got to hear this song, and they. They played a phenomenal. So that's yeah. one of my favorite ones.
1: Man, you listen to all those, those Haggard songs. I mean, he had a hell of a catalog. There's so many great songs in there. Even the B-sides like Carolyn by Haggard. I mean, they're always on a mountain when I fall. I mean, I could go on and on. He really painted a, a you know, when I first moved to Nashville, the art of songwriting was trying to to write, you, you know, you got three minutes to write a movie. There's It's a three-minute movie and you got to really make something that people can relate to and trigger a memory and and say something so in a way that nobody has. And so, you know, when I first came to town, I I was a huge Haggard fan, but I, I wanted to write with this guy named Aaron Barker, who just wrote some of my favorite songs ever. And I got to write with him and really learn the art of songwriting. And that got me, in, you know, introduced to I, I tend to write with the same seven guys. It's always, you know, Chris Wallen, Jeffrey Steele, David Lee Murphy, um, Dave Turnbull. Um, there was a guy named Kim Tribble. We lost him two years ago. What a great songwriter! Me and him had a lot of hits together. Um, I'm probably leaving a couple out. Ronnie Dunn's now one of my favorite writers. Writing with him, and I, but these guys took me under their wing and and really showed me the art of songwriting. Um, turning in a phrase and trying to say things that haven't been said so many dang times and trying to be unique and, uh, and try to write something that touched somebody and inspired a, some kind of emotion to cry, to laugh, to scream, to drink, just whatever. And, you know, I wrote a song with a, uh, with um, Jeffrey Steele and a guy named uh, uh, Aaron Lewis. And it was a number one song last year called, Am I the Only One? And, and and it's about conservative values and, and how Aaron sees the world today. And it got me more hate mail than anything am I, by by some people. And my girlfriend was like, "Doesn't that doesn't that upset you?" I was like, "No, hate's an emotion too. If they don't agree with the lyric of the song, you know, at least inspire them to, to pick up their computer and dog cuss me." So I, I did my job. I you know I I want to I want to touch on people's feelings, good, bad,
0: whatever if you see ronnie dunn tell him she used to be mine got to play those in the concerts i I will Uh, i love that song i want to hear him belt out that Used to be mine. that's Uh, a great it went number one but for some reason they don't i've been to two concerts they don't play that i mean they got so many good ones but that's a great one
1: well i'm right with them on the 13th so i will tell them i'm like what happened to she used to be mine i just did a podcast and they said you don't play in the show what's up
0: Maybe, maybe I just got unlucky maybe he plays not the other ones but I don't know
1: <laughs> you know I saw I saw him twice last year I don't, I don't remember singing that song either and it's one of my favorites